Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by Social Media Examiner. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. Today, I'm going to be joined by Brett Curry, and we're going to explore Google Performance Max. Wait, Google, what? Google? What are you talking about? Yeah, Google. Believe it or not, this is an incredibly simple solution for those of you that are advertising on Facebook and Instagram and want to go over to Google and want to have it kind of be autopilot. And for those of you that are already doing Google ads, you may not be familiar with the powerful possibilities of Google Performance Max, so you're going to want to definitely pay attention to today's interview. By the way, I'm at Stelzner on Instagram and at Mike underscore Stelzner on Twitter. And if you're new to this show, be sure to follow us so you don't miss any of our future content. I was recently at Social Media Marketing World, and I had a chance to connect with some of our best customers. A lot of them listen to our podcast, just like you do. Not everyone knows what I'm about to share with you. We do something special here at Social Media Examiner. The best of the best of the guests that you hear on the Social Media Marketing Podcast not only teach at our conference, but they're also part of our secret society called the Social Media Marketing Society. Each month, our top-tier guests who have been on my show are invited to train inside our society for an exclusive group of marketers who are just like you. The training is designed to help you go from being a passive consumer of content to a marketer who is in active learning mode. So if you're ready to make real progress with your marketing, you're a perfect fit for the Social Media Marketing Society. Join us by visiting smmarketingsociety.com. We've got a really big sale that is ending very soon, so don't delay. Again, visit smmarketingsociety.com and join today. Let's transition over to this week's interview with Brett Curry. Helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Brett Curry. If you don't know who Brett is, he's the CEO of OMG Commerce, an agency that specializes in Google ads, Amazon ads, and email marketing. He's also the host of the e-commerce evolution podcast and the spicy curry podcast. Brett, welcome back to the show. How are you doing today? Hey, Michael. I'm doing great. Better now. I've been looking forward to this. I really appreciate having me on. This is one of the top podcasts in the industry, as I know listeners know. And so it's just an honor to be here. Well, super excited to have you back. Today, Brett and I are going to explore Google Performance Max and new ad solution from Google. My first question really is, there's a lot of social marketers listening to this right now. And Google ads is like the last thing that some of them are paying attention to. So what I would love to hear from your perspective is why should they pay attention to Google ads? 
Yeah, I'm so glad you asked this question. And just before you turn this podcast off, social marketer, you want to lean in a little bit. You want to understand Google Performance Max because it is a very close relative to some of the ad types that you're used to on Facebook and Instagram and and maybe TikTok, but maybe not. But the cool thing about Google Performance Max, and we'll talk about this as we dive in, and I do love this topic. There are elements of Performance Max that are very social. So YouTube ads and YouTube is a big portion of Performance Max, or it can be a big portion of Performance Max. There's also display and discovery, right? The Google Display Network is massive. It covers like 80 some percent of the web. It's image driven. Some of the images you use on your Facebook and Instagram ads can also work on the Google Display Network. But Google Display Network is tricky, kind of unapproachable, just difficult. Performance Max makes that easier. And then there's also an element of Performance Max that is Google Discovery ads. I love Discovery ads because these are image-based ads that show up on YouTube or on the Google mobile app. And these ads look a lot like Facebook ads. Uh, There's even kind of a newer version that's like a carousel ad. Uh, And you maybe, if you're cruising around on YouTube on your mobile device, you might see these ads. And they look really similar to a Facebook carousel ad. So so there's some components here. Like Google's like saying, hey, we see you, Facebook. We're trying to uh, lean in and, and create at least elements of Google Performance Max that they could appeal to a Facebook advertiser and, and even work in similar fashion. So yeah, I know I know Google, maybe, you know, search-based ads and text ads and Google Shopping, maybe the last thing on your mind, but don't sleep on Performance Max. It is relevant for social marketers. Well, and my guess is many of the marketers that are paying attention do more than just social and their customers are on more than just Facebook and Instagram and TikTok, right? So the idea that if you want to reach in a holistic perspective, your your customer, your prospect, and you're only focused on one social platform and you're not necessarily at all focused on the Google ecosystem, well, then you ought to pay attention, right? Because my guess is it's more economical. I don't know if that's true. Yeah, and in a lot of ways it is. And the two are absolutely connected. I'm so glad you brought up that point, Michael. And we've noticed this. We, we partner with some other large Facebook agencies because we don't do Facebook. And uh, we see it, right? If we're managing, like we had this automotive account one time that spent a lot of money on Google and YouTube, but also on Facebook. And we can see it. When Facebook really spiked in spend, then we saw branded search go up and even Google Shopping go up because if you think about it, you know, if someone sees a product on YouTube or on Facebook or wherever and they first are introduced to it, right? It's a new automotive accessory and they're like, well, that's a pretty cool thing. I put that on my truck or whatever. If they don't buy right then, which most people don't, the most likely next thing they're going to do if they're interested is they'll Google it, right? They'll search for it, right? That, that's how they'll get plugged back in. And so to really have a strong presence on Google through search and shopping and remarketing and things and, and performance banks can help you do all that you'll close more business, right? Because all of your other ad efforts will be made better because Google's like, in some cases, Google's the closer, right? Google gets it done. Google converts an interested shopper into a buyer. And so, yeah, it's a pretty necessary and pretty efficient part of your marketing funnel. Let's talk about what the heck Google Performance Max is exactly. So maybe at a high level, introduce it. And how is it different than other Google ad solutions? Because we might have people that are familiar with, for example, 
I don't know what the search stuff is called, but, but they might, we probably have a lot of people that have done ads on search, but maybe they don't understand what this is. So can you define it? And then maybe talk about how it's different than the alternative. So it's, it's the newest Google ad campaign type. And it, it, when I first heard about this campaign type, I'll just be honest, Michael, I hated the idea. I thought this is lame. I don't want to do it. I think it's just Google trying to take away all control. Like advertisers can't be creative. You know, it's going to be a black box. Some of those things actually are true, but I've since changed my tune. I actually really like Performance Max. I don't like everything about it. It's very powerful. So, so what is it? So Performance Max, essentially, it's seven campaign types rolled into one, right? So where previously you'd have to set up a separate campaign type for each of Google's channels. Now it's just all rolled into one campaign. So it's Google search. So text ads in the search results, search ads. So it's search. It's shopping. So the product listing ads or Google Shopping product ads, those are included. It's display. So Google Display Network covers 80-some percent of the web. It's the display ads that show up there. It's discovery, right? So it's those placements that are on YouTube and the, the Google app on your phone that are, are display in nature. It's Gmail, right? That's a place people forget a lot about. But there are ads on some versions of Gmail, like the free version of Gmail. Ads show up there. They look like emails. And believe it or not, people do click on those. Not everybody, but people do click on them and they can be effective. So Gmail is included. YouTube, right? And I think that's how we first met each other, Michael, was me talking about YouTube and uh, just being, uh, that, that's been an area of focus of mine since like 2015, 2016. So YouTube is included in Performance Max, which YouTube isn't all that easy for, for some people. So Performance Max is trying to make it easy. And then it's also got uh, local ads, like map ads, if, that, if that's applicable. I work mainly with e-commerce and direct-to-consumer businesses, so, so maps ads aren't too applicable for us. But basically, it's all those campaigns in one. So what Google is saying is like, hey, give us your assets. So headlines, descriptions, images, videos, things like that. Give us a budget, give us a bids, and then give us some data. Give us some audience signals, and we can unpack what that is. And then we're just going to go nuts and try to find you new customers. And so that's, that's basically what Performance Max is. So two kind of questions rolled into one. First of all, why is Google doing this? And secondly, why do you like it? Because I think that there's going to be plenty of people listening, especially agency folk that are going to be a little bit opposed to this kind of thing, right? Totally. And, and I, I hear it. Like I was, I was in the same boat. I was like, man, I like to. So we've always been trying to be an early adopter of what Google's doing. So when Google rolled out target return on ad spend, I remember a lot of my agency friends hated it and they hated it for like years. When we were skeptical, but about a year in, like the results were there. And so we're like, well, hey, we, we can't argue with results, right? So we're going we're gonna to go with it. But I was resistant in the beginning too. So I totally feel you if you're like, eh, I don't like this. I think there's, there's multiple reasons why Google is doing this. This is pure speculation, by the way. I didn't like have a conversation with Google and they said, hey, this is why we're doing it. Uh, but this is what I think. And I've talked to some other smart people that I think agree. One, I do think Facebook, because Facebook is a newer platform in, you know, uh, in relation to Google. Google's been around a long time. Facebook is somewhat easier. Like the interface is easier. It's easier to set up campaigns. You can have one campaign that's on Facebook and Instagram, and it's just, it's, it's easier to set up in a lot of ways where Google is a little more complex. So I think Google wants an easier campaign to maybe compete with Facebook. I think there's a lot of people also, Michael, that don't understand all of the Google channels. So I, I mentioned the display network. I know very few agencies, uh, let alone you know advertisers, that understand the Google Display Network. It is a great place 
to waste a lot of money. But it's also has immense reach. And if you do it the right way, it can it can really work. And so I think Google is partially saying like, hey, you don't understand these areas, but we do. So give us your assets and your goals and your data, and then we'll go we'll go hog wild here. So I think that's that's part of it. And then I think Google is wanting to take advantage of unsold inventory. There's still a lot of unsold inventory on YouTube and in the YouTube feed and in the Google Display Network that's just going unsold. And so Google is saying, hey, we can we can leverage all this for you. And then I think kind of the final reason that, that I have in my mind anyway is, you know, Google wants to create this perfect environment for their machine learning. And so they've invested, you know, they're, they're a machine learning AI first company, right? They said years ago, hey, we're transitioning to be a mobile first company. And then it was a hey, we're a machine learning and AI first company. And they have some of the best machine learning scientists on the planet. And so they wanted to create this campaign that really is like the perfect environment for the machine to learn and then kind of go nuts in finding new customers. And and so then to answer your second question, why do I like it? I like it because the results are there, right? I, I found it is good at finding net new customers. It, uh, it also replaces smart shopping, which is a was kind of Google's uh, latest and greatest from shopping that was kind of a, included a few different, a couple different channels, and it was an improvement over standard shopping. It replaces that. And what we've seen is, and since we're in the, the retail space, the direct-to-consumer space, a lot of clients that were using smart shopping, you know, transition to Performance Max, and the results are just better. It's better at finding new customers. It's pretty scalable. If you're finding people that are buying and, and the machine learns who's buying, they're pretty scalable. And, and so, yeah, uh, the results are just there. Now, I will say the results have not been across the board. I, I really thought like we, we were winning essentially with every client on Performance Max. I got into some forums and, and some discussion groups that I'm a part of. And not everybody was pretty split. Like it was, it was almost 50-50, people hating Performance Max, people loving Performance Max. But for us, and we've spent, in the last few weeks alone, like six weeks alone, we spent like $3 million on, on Performance Max. So there's a lot of data and it's been good. It's been really good. Fascinating. And I'm very fascinated by the whole AI thing, right? Because I believe Facebook is also moving in the same direction as Google, if I'm not mistaken. I feel like I've brought people on our talk show or other things where, where Facebook is moving to also use artificial intelligence to help advertisers who maybe do not understand all the the tech stack, right? I mean, like the moral of the story is it's like flying a freaking airplane, right? Isn't it? I mean, like using it is using Google, you have to know a lot of things, right? And if Google can make it really easy and they can deliver you results, that's pretty powerful. So I want to talk about the things we need to do. If it, let's just assume that everyone listening is like, all right, you kind of sold me, Brett. I'm interested in learning more. How in the world do I prepare? or get ready to begin using Google Performance Max? What are kind of the things that I need? Because you kind of mentioned a whole bunch of stuff <laughs> yeah. and there's all different mediums amongst those things, right? Yeah. So let's say we've got a big sheet of paper or dry erase board behind us. Like what are the things we're going to need to prep before we get started with Performance Max? Yeah, it's awesome. I'm glad you mentioned that. And there's probably some people listening saying, wait a minute, Google's trying to make this easier? This sounds complex. It sounds crazy. Like the seven campaigns enrolled into one. So really, it comes down to, to two things you really need uh, to get started. Uh, we'll make that three. Uh, first one is assets. And so I'll dig into that in a minute. But it's really your creative assets. So it's images, it's videos, it's headlines, it's descriptions, 
it's the creative stuff, right? It's, it's, it's your story and your marketing assets. And really, that's the most important thing, right? Because that, that, that's the thing that is most human as well. That's the thing that's most creative. It's what, what us as marketers are you know, good at, likely. So, so you need assets. Uh, the same thing is you need data. And, and mo more specifically, you need audience data. So you need some of your buyers. So some of the, the folks that have purchased from you, ideally VIPs or your most ideal customers. And then you need some other audience data, which we can unpack in, in a minute. And then kind of the third thing is you need conversion tracking, right? These, these campaigns only work if they're being fed conversion data. So you need ideally the, the Google conversion pixel, very similar to the Facebook conversion pixel, but you need that on your site collecting conversion data because it's got to feed that back to Performance Max. You can't run Performance Max really without conversion goals. Um, just not really the way they're they're designed, and so you need you need that conversion data. So th those are the the main things, and and there are lots of ways you can slice and dice campaigns and structure it and things like that. But if you've got really good assets and you've got good audience signals, audience data, and then you've got conversion tracking, those are the main things you need to get started. Okay, I want to kind of go reverse chronological order here on conversion tracking. The Google conversion pixel, is this going to change when Google Analytics 4 rolls out and Google Universal Analytics is, you know, going away in July of 2023? Is this conversion pixel going to still be around or is there going to be a new pixel? Do you know how that works? It, it, yeah, great question. It'll still be the same. It will not change. And I do recommend, since you mentioned uh, Google Analytics, I recommend install GA4, Google Analytics 4 now. Don't use it, but just install it on your site so we can start collecting data. I wouldn't be surprised if Google moves the goalposts there or, or kicks the can down the road a little bit. They're kind of, that's what they've been doing with the cookie list stuff, right? Like, hey, we're getting rid of cookies in 2023. Uh, scratch that, end of 2023, uh, maybe 2024. So uh, that may happen with GA4, I don't know. Go ahead and install GA4 now, though. That, that's our recommendation. But the Google Pixel or Google Conversion Code is actually what Google calls it. That's separate. Okay, so that is something that you can set up in Tag Manager, presumably, right? And then you can just indicate which pages are like thank you pages and stuff like that. Is that kind of what it entails without getting too technical? Yeah, exactly. So Google Tag Manager, it's what we recommend. It's an easy, clean way to put code on your site. And then, yeah, you're, you're tracking like the order confirmation page if you're selling something digital or physical products online or it's that confirmation page when someone requests a report or takes takes any action that you would say hey this is a lead or a conversion you want that conversion code there so works very similar to the facebook pixel so pre pretty easy to work with. so the data about the audience i'm assuming we're talking about emails but i don't know what are we talking about when we say you need data about your audience what kind of data are we talking about and how does that all work without getting too super technical? So this really underscores one of the fundamental differences of Google Performance Max 2. I'll kind of highlight that right now. Google doesn't give the opportunity for you to target a specific audience. So with YouTube, with Discovery, with Display, you can say, I want you to show my ads just to this audience, this audience based on someone's search behavior or this remarketing audience or whatever. Can't do that with Performance Max. What you're doing is you're giving Google audience signals. So you're saying, hey, here's my remarketing list, or here's a, a list based on someone's Google search behavior. So that's a signal. So start there. But Google's always going to go beyond it. Quick question. Is this a list that is calculated from 
analytics or is this something that you're providing with email? I mean, where's the data coming from? Yeah, so it can be either. So Google recommends, we recommend it too. One source of data or one source of audience signal should be your customers. So that could be your email list. So you can upload an email list to Google and then they can parse that and look at that and say, okay, this is your ideal customer. But then what they do, it's more like they're building a lookalike audience, right? They're saying, okay, this is a good starting point. Great. We'll target them, but we're going to go beyond that. We're going to create a lookalike audience. So it can be your email list. It can be a remarketing list from Google Analytics. So if you're using Google Analytics to build remarketing lists, which I love doing that, you can add those remarketing lists to Performance Max. Or it can be a buyer list from Google Ads, right? Google Ads will start to build kind of a remarketing list too. It can be any of those. Whatever's easiest, whatever works for you is great. I think kind of the more data you can give there, the better. So if you could do like your email list and a list from Google Analytics of buyers, that's perfect. And I really like the buyer data because that's that's giving Google the signal of this is my ideal customer. Okay, I know somebody is, is thinking, ask this question, Mike, ask this question, Mike. <laughs> what about... I got a brand new company or a brand new product. I don't have an audience list yet. What do I do then? Yeah, so then you can skip it. So you, you you don't have to do this. Okay. Right? It could be. So say you're, if you're brand, brand new, then skip it all together. Skip it. Skip using this product or skip doing the audience? Great clarification. Skip using the audience signal. So you don't have to give Google this audience signal. I've just found campaigns work better when you do. But let's say you've got a small buyer list. You know, it's a hundred or something. Then I would take like my all visitor list. So if you've got that remarketing list of Google Analytics of just all visitors, right? Which if you're young, if you're a new company, probably all the visitors came to you directly or through some kind of outreach you did or whatever. So that may, that may still be a good list. So you could start there if you wanted to. Just this is all of our visitors. So you could add that. Okay. Um, but then the next type of audience. So, so you want your customers. So that's, that's one group of audience signals. The other is more of a top of funnel type audience. And remember, it's just a signal. But this is where uh, we, we still call them custom intent. They're custom segments, I think is what Google calls them. But basically, you're building an audience based on what people are searching for on Google. So this is where you can build a keyword list, right, of people searching for stuff. So we've done some work in skincare and supplements and automotive and apparel, all kinds of stuff. So let's just take an apparel company. So someone that's that's searching for you know, men's athletic shorts, men's moisture wicking athletic shorts, men's athletic shorts with pocket for phone, you know, stuff like that. So you're building this list of keywords. So when you give that to Google, basically Google, what Google's doing is they're building an audience of people that have searched for those things on Google or on YouTube, right? Because a lot of people search on YouTube as well. And then they're saying, okay, this is another audience signal. We'll target those people, but we'll go beyond those people as well. So we've found campaigns, Performance Max campaigns that have your data plus that type of top of funnel audience signal, they just work better, right? And, and it makes sense where you're, you're telling the machine, hey, this is likely who's going to buy. So start here and then, and then learn and, and go wild from there. Thanks for spending a little bit of time clarifying that. Uh, I want to talk about the creative assets. So images, videos, headlines, descriptions, give us a little bit of wisdom as far as like, not just any images, obviously, right? I mean, or, I mean, it's garbage in, garbage out, right? So where do we start there? Totally, yeah, to it absolutely is garbage in, garbage out. So, you know, some people will say, hey, just load up as many images as you want. And, and I've got a resource, I can get you a PDF, Mike, that's that's free, that, that shows like, these are the minimum and maximum assets allowed. 
So, so with Performance Max, Google needs kind of a minimum amount of images and text and stuff like that. Other, otherwise, they can't create ads. There's a maximum too. Some people recommend max it out. You know, give Google 35 or 40 images. We typically don't, right? Because I still like to look at can we get statistically significant data on these individual images, right? So I prefer, you know, three to five images that we know work in other places. So I'd like to start with what are some of our top converting images on Facebook or on Instagram? And usually have a mix of kind of lifestyle that feature the product too, close-ups of the product, so just product-focused images, and then, you know, kind of some product-in-action photos, you know, so kind of like this lifestyle slash aspirational, product-only, and then, you know, product-in-motion. And and I think that can apply whether it's a physical product or educational or book or, or whatever. Do you recommend not putting any text in the images? Correct. Because not everybody has physical products, right? So they might have a service that they're doing, for example, right? Totally. Yeah. And we've advertised for services as well. So yeah, the image should just be, uh, you know, something that indicates the product is or the service. Yeah. Okay. And then as far as videos, what are we talking about with videos? Because that sounds like I mean, my gosh, I mean, like there's only, that's a lot of work to come up with a whole bunch of different videos, right? Like what, where do we go there? So with, with videos, you know, you do want to think about, Hey, where's this video going to show up? Well, the video is going to show up on YouTube primarily, but Google will also run YouTube videos or the, the video on the Google display network. Right. So there are, and you've probably seen this, if you've been on a, a news site or ESPN or something, there'll, there'll be videos that, that show up. Some of those are powered by the Google display network. So videos could show there too. Ideally, we're creating ads, video ads that are optimized for YouTube. So, so generally, those are going to be 30 seconds or longer, ideally, maybe a little bit longer. It's going to show the product or service in action. It's going to show some befores and afters. It's going to have maybe even some user-generated content that's part of this. You know, really start with whatever you have, right? Even if you've got videos that are not optimized for YouTube, you do want to start with what you have. And if Google doesn't feel like it's going to get conversions from those videos, it just won't run them very much. But one of the reasons you want to add videos of some kind, and this is kind of one of those gotcha things from Google here is Google and their attempt to be helpful. They say, hey, if you don't upload a video, no problem. We'll create one for you. Let me guess. It'll be hideous, right? It will be, yeah, just awful. It'll just be plain off. So basically what Google will do is they'll take your images and tech and they'll just spin something, right? Just all auto-generated. It's, it's nonsense, right? My next question on videos is what about vertical videos, right? We've got TikToks and Reels and Shorts. I mean, can they work with vertical videos? What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, you can definitely use vertical videos. And, and I, I like uploading versions of either, you know, four by five or a nine by 16 even. Uh, Google won't always use those, but if they know someone is on their mobile device and they've got it in the portrait mode, right? And they're on YouTube, they'll show that, that vertical video. It's pretty powerful. And now ads are showing up in YouTube shorts, right? Which it's still super early there. So we don't have a lot of meaningful data, but I'm bullish on shorts and I'm bullish on ads inside of shorts. So we'll, we'll, we'll see how that goes. But basically you could, you could use any video you want. And, and typically if we're building like a YouTube focused campaign, I would not suggest you run your Facebook or Instagram or TikTok videos as is on YouTube. Because usually YouTube means a little bit it almost feels more like an infomercial, right? It's a little longer, right? You got to get a good hook. You got to get, you know, kind of a demonstration or explanation of what you're doing, some social proof for UGC, a couple of offers, right? You're overcoming objections. And then, 
you know, kind of a final call to action. So that's what works best on pure YouTube. But uh, you got to remember, these ads can show up in a lot of different places, and they're kind of working together with the other channels. So I think you kind of start with what you have in terms of videos, um, and then and then optimize from there. Okay, what about headlines and descriptions? Because there's obviously, it sounds like it's going to take a little bit of this and a little bit of that, and it's going to create an ad, right? So this is where we can get super creative, I would imagine, in the headlines and descriptions, right? Talk to me a little bit about how big, and do they provide like parameters, like not more than this many characters for the headlines and descriptions? What are your thoughts on that? Exactly. So they're, they're and I'll, I'll oversimplify a little bit, but there's like short headlines, short descriptions, right? Those are going to mainly be used for display. So you can kind of think about it that way. So short headlines, short description are going to be used on the display network. Longer headlines and descriptions are going to be used in search ads. And so you can kind of craft the language accordingly. One thing to keep in mind without getting too technical is, is one of the newer things with Performance Max is what's called asset groups. So think about asset groups kind of like an ad group. Basically, it's a collection of assets, audience signals, and listing groups. And your listing groups are just like your, your product feed or whatever. But that's where you want those to be kind of tightly themed, right? Don't just put everything in there. Uh, that's probably not going to work. But, but again, to go back to the apparel site, you know, maybe I've got my, uh, my running shorts asset group, right? So it's images of running shorts, videos highlighting running shorts. It's my feed of just running shorts, right? And then I've got my shoes, my men's running shoes. And so that's a separate asset group. And then I've got my, you know, women's tennis shorts or whatever. So, so you do want those to be kind of tightly themed. And then that's going to help you to write those short headlines, short descriptions, long headlines, long descriptions, tightly theme them around those assets and kind of think category or, or theme as you're, as you're structuring those asset groups. Well, and this next question is kind of relevant a little bit. I want to talk about like bidding and I also want to talk about tracking, right? Because on the tracking side, how in the world do you know? what's working and what's not working. Let's start with like bidding. How do we do this? And then let's also talk about how in the world do we track which of these variations seems to win at all. So if you don't like smart bidding, meaning if you don't like goal-oriented bidding, you probably won't like Performance Max, right? Because Performance Max is, is 100% smart bidding. That, that's your only option. What does that mean? So that basically that means you're giving uh, you got essentially four options for bidding. You can do maximize conversions with no other parameters. So you're just telling Google, hey, here's my budget. Now go get me as many conversions as you can. And then that's going to be related to whatever you set up with your conversion tracking, with your conversion pixel. Then Google is just going to try to get as many conversions as possible. Or you can say, Google, maximize conversions at this target CPA, right? This target cost per acquisition or cost per conversion. So basically, you could say then, Hey, maximize conversions for me at a $40 cost per conversion. It doesn't mean that Google's only going to pay that, but it means it's going to optimize towards that. The other two options then are maximize conversion value with nothing added to that. And basically what you're telling Google there is get as much dollar value of conversions as you can for this budget. So this is more a bidding option you'd use if you're selling a physical product or if inside your conversion actions, you're telling Google, hey, this lead or this form is worth $100 or $200 or whatever. And then basically what Google is going to do is they're going to try to maximize that conversion value. The other option related to that is you, so you can just say maximize conversion value and leave it open, or you can say maximize conversion value at a target return on ad spend. So, you know, maximize conversion value at a 300% return on ad spend. So for every dollar I spend on ads, I want to get 
$3 in, in conversion value or sales from that. So essentially that's it. So it's maximize conversions, maximize conversion with a target CPA, and then maximize conversion value or maximize conversion value at a target return on ad spend. So basically it's just, you can't tinker with, I want to pay a dollar bid or $3 bid. You're basically telling Google, these are my goals. Now go get as much of that as you can for me for that budget. Now, what about tracking? We were talking about earlier, like, let's say I want to glean some of the insights that Performance Max has given me. Is there any of that kind of stuff or is it completely a black box? You kind of hinted to it a little earlier. Yeah, yeah. So this was one of the initial frustrations. It's still frustration to a certain degree. They don't give full data, right? At the campaign level, you can see number of conversions. You can see conversion value. You can see clicks. You can see cost per click. You can see lots of data at the campaign level, right? But that's not super helpful. Remember, we got seven channels rolled into one. So seeing it all in aggregate, ah, like we can't fully tell. There are ways you can kind of back into the numbers. So if you dig into what's called your listings or your listing group, that's your product listing, all Google shopping, you can start to see some data there. Google is adding more and more data. There'll probably be a limit here, but we've even seen in the last couple of weeks, Google's adding more conversion data in more places. So maybe becoming a little bit less black boxy. There is also a way you can look at, it's called ad event type, but basically it will tell you, was this a converted view or a converted click? Well, if you know it's a converted view, you know that's YouTube, right? So you can you can begin to see there, oh, is, so there's some YouTube action going on in this campaign. Or if there's no converted views, then you know that YouTube's not a part of it, right? And so uh, there are other ways you can kind of back into it. Once you look at your assets, so let's, let's just take images as an example, right? So we have five images of, of athletic shorts in an asset group. Google's going to tell you what's, what's good, what's best, what's average, what's poor. Currently, they don't go a whole lot beyond that. I'm hoping we'll get more data, but that's another reason to kind of keep it tight, right? We're saying, okay, we got these three images, these five images. Okay, this is the best one. Okay, great. I'm going to now create other variations like that and split test those. So I'll pause the ones that are poor. I'll create new ones that are like the best image and I'll start testing, right? So, so there's data there. You just say Google makes you work for it a little bit and they hide it a little bit. So you got to kind of back into the numbers or, or dig a little deeper than usual. How long does it take them to get you the data? And also another question is, let's say I dominate in search on certain kinds of phrases. Talk to me a little bit about, can you prohibit those ads from showing up on those search queries? So you can add negative. So remember, this, this, there's a search component to this, right? You can add negative keywords. That is a possibility. At the time of this recording, you're maybe going to need to work through a Google rep. It's going to be more uh, user-friendly. So depending on when you're listening to this, it may be available now. You'll be able to add negatives either on your own or by contacting Google and saying, hey, we want these negatives added to this campaign. And, and you can do that on the back end. And so, so that's important. One thing to keep in mind about Performance Max is let, let's say you've got branded search going, right? Which you probably do, right? So search campaigns, search ads targeting your brand name, right? Because you want to keep your competitors from bidding on your name and you want to get the data and all that. Performance Max does like to lean into that. So Performance Max will potentially steal your branded traffic away from your branded campaigns. Um, not always. If your branded campaigns are really well segmented, really well built out, Performance Max will steal that traffic less, but Performance Max is likely going to steal some of it. So I don't recommend this to begin with. Actually, I recommend you don't do this in the beginning, but you can add your brand terms as negatives. I and mean, the reason I don't recommend that in the beginning 
is because Performance Max will do best over time with conversion data, right? So, and at the campaign level, meaning the campaign itself, Google's saying, ah, this campaign's got 100 conversions or 300 conversions or whatever. It's going to scale better if it's got that data. So, so don't restrict it too much in terms of brand negatives, but maybe over time you want to add brand as a negative to at least some of your performance max campaigns. And how long does it take for the AI, if you will, to kind of start reporting to you, this image is good, this image is not good? I mean, does it take weeks or days or how long does it take? That depends a lot on volume, right? So, I mean, we've had some campaigns that have scaled to 10,000 a day, 30,000 a day, right? Which is not typical. That That's just top 1% of Google or whatever. But if you're spending a few hundred a day on a performance max campaign, it's going to take time, right? Because remember that $100 a day is spread out over multiple channels. So to get enough data on a single image, it's going to take time. So could be two weeks, could be six weeks. It depends more on the volume of the campaign. And then also does depend on kind of what channel the campaign leans into, right? That's going to dictate how much time but you can count on at least a couple of weeks to, to get meaningful data. Otherwise, when you log in and look at your assets, it's just going to say pending. So instead of, you know, poor, average, you know, best, whatever, good, it's just going to say pending until you get enough data. So it's going to take yeah two to six weeks typically. Can you do like, hey, don't advertise on these days of the week or any of that kind of stuff? Or do you have very little control over that kind of stuff? Yeah, there's some of that. But, you know, essentially, Google wants to to remove uh, a decent amount of that. Yeah. Um, and I kind of get it from Google's perspective. They're like, hey, if, if we're meeting goal, what do you care when it runs? You know, what about parts of the world, though? Can you omit certain countries? Yeah, you can you can absolutely do geographic targeting. Yeah. Okay, cool. So let's talk about a couple of examples of clients that you've worked with and kind of how you found this to be so successful if you're willing to. Yeah, absolutely. So so there's a few that I can talk about kind of category. Can't mention the name. A few I can talk about the, the name of the, the brand and stuff. So work with this outdoor company. So they're more like lawn and garden focused. And so as you can imagine, very seasonal. We got this window of, of time when they can really operate. And this is a client that was spending a lot of money on YouTube, spending you know tens of thousands a day on, on YouTube. So we started Performance Max. And, you know, did really what I laid out, right? So added buyers, added the top of funnel audiences, added assets, added videos, had some great videos. And this campaign took off, right? Like we were spending 10,000 a day uh, for a while on this campaign. And as we started looking at the data, it became clear that like none of the spend was going to Google shopping, right? So which is where historically had it gone? Well, in their shopping campaigns, yeah, they were new to performance max. So, so yeah. But they did a lot of they did a lot of shopping traffic, but this performance max campaign was very little shopping. But as we looked at the converted views, it was pretty heavy YouTube. So this was a campaign that was finding pockets of new customers on on YouTube, which is super interesting. Got another client in the automotive space, kind of auto parts and accessories and stuff, and they were very Google shopping heavy, right? Which makes sense. Like if you need a need a new brake pads, you need new seat covers or whatever, like you're gonna just search for it on Google. So they were mainly shopping. And so we took their smart shopping campaigns, upgraded them to Performance Max, and they just did better, right? They, we, we increased impressions by like 100%, increased or increased clicks by 100%, increased the return on ad spend at the same time. So we're able to, to get more volume from those campaigns and get a better return on ad spend, which is super rare. And that's what's kind of cool about for that client, since they're mainly search-driven, 
you know, you're kind of limited on volume to how many people are searching, right? If, if you can't just manufacture a new search queries, right? So, but Performance Max was able to kind of learn from that and find new ways to target potential buyers. And so that, that was a real win. Another one is uh, Overtone, and they're, uh, they're, they're one I can mention by name, the, the owner, Ezra Fire, so doesn't, doesn't mind. It's coloring conditioner, so it's like healthy avocado-based conditioner you put in your hair, and you'll, you can turn it pink or blue or green or whatever the case may be. And so, again, Performance Max there really did well. And, and the nice thing with that is they've got great images, right? great product images, great before and after pictures of the product in someone's hair. They've got killer YouTube videos, like you know, minute and 20 YouTube videos that are fast paced and lots of befores and afters and lots of UGC. And so kind of similar deal, right? We were able to go beyond what we could do with just shopping. It complemented, you know, the other campaigns that were running and, and, and really was just good at, at reaching new customers. And that, that's kind of the way to think about Performance Max is it, it should augment or, or make better, improve all your other campaigns as well. And it's just great at finding new customers. So there's kind of a breakdown of, new versus returning customers you can see that breakdown in the campaigns and they just they're good at finding new customers right i absolutely love this and i'm sure there's plenty of people listening right now that have spent a lot of money on instagram and facebook and are looking and have been successful and probably are looking for something like this to maybe find a new audience because maybe they've reached saturation or their cost per acquisition has gotten out of hand, you know, on these other platforms and they're looking for a new audience that perhaps isn't on those platforms. So very, very exciting, very, very cool stuff. If people want to check you out, do you have a preferred social platform you want them to, to connect with you on? And also if they want to check out your company, where do you want to send them? Yeah, I would love that. So I'm getting better at being active on LinkedIn. And, and I will throw this out here. This, this is, uh, I'm putting a little social pressure on myself. I am committed to getting on Twitter more. I'm not very active right now. You can find me at Brett Curry, but I'm not super active there. I'm active on LinkedIn. So, so definitely look me up there and then find the company omgcommerce.com. Shoot us a note there. Happy to talk performance max, Google ads, Amazon, email, whatever, whatever you want to talk But Yeah. Omgcommerce.com. Brett Curry, thank you so much for sharing your insights with us and answering all my litany of questions. I really appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks for having me on, Michael. It was a lot of fun. Hey, if you missed anything, we took all the notes for you over at socialmediaexaminer.com slash 538. And if you're new to the show, be sure to follow us. And if you've been a longtime listener, would you let your friends know about this show? I'm at Stelzner on Instagram and at Mike underscore Stelzner on Twitter. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the best out of your day and may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.